How's everybody doing? Hey, I don't think that was everybody. How's everybody doing? Sorry, let me just get this thing. Oh, the other side. There we go. Cool. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Figo. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But my original name is Murtara Serentakotiam. But I don't, I don't tell everybody because I don't want everybody to speak in tongues, so it's okay. Cool. So, you guys might know the topic I'm going to speak about, just three letters, three but powerful letters that we all need to master. The art and the beauty behind these three letters is powerful. Amen? And it's called, Let It Go. Let It Go. Can everybody say, Let It Go? Yes, 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 yes. The term let it go is often used like in everyday life when someone's annoying you at work or someone keeps up in front of you and they annoy you and then you say, let it go. Ahmed, let it go. Am I right? But I believe the term let it go is way more biblical than we'd like to admit. For example, you're driving and you're driving here in PE. And you know the drivers here in PE aren't, they, they, they don't, they're not blessed with driving. <laughs> and then you want to sway them, you want to choke them out, but God's like, let it go. Or that best friend that's annoying you, and God's like, let it go. <laughs> and I believe that a lot of pain, a lot of frustrations, a lot of things that we go through in life is from the past. A lot of things that we face right now haven't been dealt with and has been carried into the present because of the past. Am I making sense? For example, like letting go of that toxic relationship that ended in 2019, but y'all still together. Hey. Or like your wife shouting you because that socks, that's too holy, you don't want to let go of. You wear every day. Not everything in the past is negative. Not everything in the past is bad. Like when you were a kid and you're playing in the streets and you scrape your knee and now you look back and you're like, yo, I had fun. Am I right? But now falling as an adult is, is not that fun. It's actually embarrassing. So I think Elsa from Frozen understood this concept. I think some of y'all can help me. Elsa from Frozen, let it go, let it go. Come on, help me, come on, let it go. Let it go, Ken. Hey, now. Hey. Come on. The past can be so fun to reminisce. Like the good old days. Have you ever been around a table with gray heads? And they're just like, yeah, my brother. You remember those good old days when we used to take the chopper out there, bro? You remember those good old days? The good old days, but not all good old days are good for today. There's a short but cool scripture that I got, um, that, that the revelation came to me. We were out with Pastor Mark and Anthony. If you guys haven't met Pastor Mark, he's one of the best people on earth. He's, he's, he's fantastic. And um, he was speaking about Elijah. And I believe it's one of the most gangster moments in Bible history ever. You guys are going to read now. And one of the things he spoke about was the art of letting go. Elijah, Elisha, turning away and burning the stuff and letting it go. 
Please read with me in First Kings. <laughs> Sorry, First Kings, nineteen, nineteen to twenty-one. Sorry, it's a, it's a saints thing that we do on a, on a Sunday, but it reads, "Call the call of Elisha." So Elisha went and found Elijah, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were twelve teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team, Elijah went, this is the gangster moment, this is the gangster moment. Elisha, Elijah, went over to him and threw a cloak across his shoulders and walked away. Imagine me just coming at you and then boom, cloak and I walk away and you have to follow me. Is that not gangster? I mean, (laughs) and then Elisha left the oxen, he left everything, standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, first, let me go and kiss my mother, my father, and my mother goodbye. And then I will go with you. Eliza replied, go on back, but I think, but think about what I have done to you. Elijah, Elisha returned to the oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast the flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate. And then he went, sorry, and then he went, just forgive me, and they went to the townspeople and they all ate, and then he went with Elijah, his assistant. I think a very hard part for us to do, especially when we're grown up, is to say goodbye to the past. The past is something really hard to say goodbye, but I think there's a very powerful aspect that Elijah learned very quickly, Elisha learned very quickly. And that's to say goodbye. Because a lot of pain right now is because you don't want to say goodbye. We're carrying a lot of weight, a lot of baggage that God's like, you should have let it go. You should have said goodbye to that thing. But now it's disturbing you. We see this with the Israelites. As they went out of the land of slavery and into the land of wilderness, about to reach the land of honey and milk. Milk and honey, sorry. Their mindsets weren't quite that good. The mindsets were still slave mindsets. Our mindsets sometimes can hold us back from the present, can hold us back from the future. Because we haven't healed and let the past go. Am I right? People aren't are like people always aren't the reason <laughs> we are hurting. As I said now, sometimes it's just the mindset. Sometimes it's just the way you think. Have you ever met that person? They come to you like, like, hey bruh, do you see how that person looked to me? And our reply would obviously be, it's just in your head. It's just in your mind. It's just the way you think. Amen. Have you ever watched a horror movie? And there's this oh, there's always a scene with this one tunnel. And this girl or man is just walking behind the tunnel and behind them you see this ghost flash. And your response would be, don't go back. Don't look back. And what do they do? They go back. They go back. And sometimes I believe that our lives can be horror movies sometimes because we turn back. Because we go back to the past way more than we're supposed to. The past is good to learn from. The past is good to, to, to equip ourselves. But the past is not always the best place to be. So there'll always be a temptation for us to turn back to the old. There'll always be a temptation for us to go back to old habits, to go back to old friends that still have your number and call you up for that drink 
when you're supposed to be at church. Always have that number of that ex that still calls you up. It's time, it's time to move on. It's time to let go. Am I right? Okay. As Jesus says in Luke 17, verse 30 to 33 in the message version. When the day arrives and you are walking in the yard, don't run into your house. Don't get anything. And if you're out in the field, go back and go get your coat. So when we're walking with Jesus, we always come to a place where we have to say goodbye because it's a narrow path, remember? Just imagine someone with, with, with coming with their house, coming with their car, coming with all their friends, and it's just narrow, straight path. Would all of that fit? No. Some of the things we have to say goodbye to so we can fit and walk the road that Jesus Christ has for us. Amen? Like Elisha, if we are to turn back, if you are to turn back, that is to burn what's in the past. That is to burn and say goodbye to what's in the past because that's healthy. The past sometimes has a voice and when you're just about to get that breakthrough, it says, hey, you want to do that again? Hey, let's go back there again. Hey, one more party won't hurt. That's a lie of the enemy. That's a lie of the past. Amen? To have the future that God says we're supposed to have and God calls us to have, we have to say goodbye, we have to let go. Like Elsa, she understood this. She said goodbye when she was all alone, singing there on the mountaintops, looking elegant and all beautiful. But she had to say goodbye to old habits. She had to say goodbye to old fears. She had to say goodbye and she had to let it go. Amen? Like Elisha, setting a light to the things, like a fire. What's that thing? What, what do you call that thing, that, that white stuff that you put on the fire? Just paraffin. Blitz. So the power of the Holy Spirit is the blitz upon our past. And the prayer and the submission is the fire that sets the light. And we are to celebrate the past, to celebrate the ups and the downs, because without those ups and the downs, you wouldn't be where you are right now. There's power in the past, but the past belongs in the past. So we have to let it go. Amen? Can we imagine Elijah... Just, just imagine Elisha prophesying over someone, touching them on their head and just and healing the people and he still has his oxen with him. And next thing you know, he's praying, he's, just, he's, he's on fire for God and everyone's just quiet and they're listening to pray and the next thing you know, moo. His oxen is still with him. That's how our lives are still. That's how our lives still are. We, we like taking the things of the past and trying to incorporate it into the future. It's very uncomfortable. It's very awkward if you have to take the past all the time wherever we go. Because God can give you opportunity that sets your life up. But because you carry your past so much, because you don't want to let go of that oxen, because you don't want to set it alight, hey now, that thing's going to go move everywhere you go. We can carry so much of the past, so much baggage. It makes life really awkward. It makes life seem heavy and tiring. When you have a lot of things you're carrying, or like when you come from a shop, right, and there's like 10 bags you have to carry. You know your fingers are so sore from carrying those bags. That's how life is sometimes. Full of shop, right, bags of expired goods. So <laughs> when we follow Jesus... It's the sustenance that we need. 
We don't need to go to ShopRite anymore. We don't even need to go to Woolworths anymore. We just have to go to him. God calls us to give him all our burdens. The past is a very big burden. And in Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, it reads, Are you tired? Worn out? A burnout on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll cover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't let anything heavy or ill-fitting for you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. The things of the past can be very limiting, like trauma. Because it can be a normal situation, but because of what you've been through, it's not that normal. It actually gives us anxiety. It actually gives us pain, headaches, and heart palpitations. But God says he calls us, he calls each of us to give him those burdens that we can work with him and learn the unforced rhythms of grace, that he will never give us something ill-fitting, but something that suits us. When we operate in the past and try to get into the future with the past, it's like us wearing our grade one t-shirt when we're 35 years old. It doesn't fit. The things of the past can be so limiting. The growth God has for you is, is, is what he has for you. There's power in exchanging your past for the future that God has for you. But your past is your past to exchange. You guys understanding me? Past is like, uh, for example, you're just holding money and you want something from the shop. You have to exchange money for that thing you want. Amen? I believe the words of Jesus makes us understand that we are called by him and we should walk the paths of the paths of the past no more. In Luke 9, verse 57 to 62. Please bear with me. I think it's a little bit chunky. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go, but Jesus replied, foxes have their dens to live in and birds have their nests, but the Son of Man has no place to rest his head, to lay his head. He said to the other person, come, follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, let me first return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury this, um, their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus, said, Jesus told him, anyone who puts their hand on the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. My first point for the evening is don't look back. Can everyone say don't look back? If you constantly look back, it causes very little progress for us to move forward. Like if you want to move forward in life and you're looking back, the path will be skewed. It will take you slower to get it for you because you're very unsure of your steps. But when you're not looking back and you're looking forward, you can go forward. Amen? Example, you're driving on this one road 
and you're passing many cars. On your way to your destination, you keep on looking in the rear of a mirror. You keep on focusing on what's behind you, and you can't focus on what's in front of you, so you eventually crash. Boom, bash. And you hurt again. And something's hurting you again. Because you are so fixated on the rear view mirror in life that you can't focus on the road in front of you. The best way to go forward is to look forward. The further we go in life, the less of the past will come with us. And to look at the things that God has in store of us, there's a lie that we all believe and that is there is no more good coming. That's why we're so fixated on the past. Because, for example, like a country in South Africa, when there's load shedding with these potholes, it's very hard to believe that there's good coming. That there's not going to be a load shedding from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. anymore. There's not going to be potholes anymore. But that's not the future that God offers us. The future that God offers us is prosperity, is healing, is power. Amen? If the future was based on the past, it's no wonder many of us are stuck. Because if you're fixated on the past, if you're fixated on looking back, you'll be too scared to step forward. Because you don't know what this looks like. Because you're too focused here. Am I right? My second point would be pursue. I believe that Jesus wants us to pursue him like he actually saved us from our sin. He saved us from our sin. That's a point. That he saved us from our sin. And I believe that we have to pursue him like we did. He saved us from our past. He saved us from what we did. And condemns us no more. Amen? In Ephesians 4, verse 24, it reads... Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. The beauty of our journey with God is that he doesn't look to our past as much as we do. He doesn't compare us to our mistakes and doesn't hold a gun to our head telling us never to do it again. But rather, he calls us new. He calls us his. These new and brighter things that God has in store for us. There's better things that God has in store for us, but it's your duty to take them. It's your duty to be bold enough and let fear go and to step into the future. Amen? In Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19, it reads, Do not remember the former things or ponder on the things of the past. Let's say amen for the rain. <laughs> Listen carefully, I, I, I am about to do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you be aware of it? I'll put a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. If we keep turning back instead of pursuing God, there will be an instance where we never get to the destiny we're supposed to get to. There will be an instance where we always feel like you're lacking. Because the past doesn't suit you that much anymore. What suits us being a new creature and a new creation of God is us pursuing him. It's us looking at him like he's the only thing that exists. Like he's 
<laughs> our wife, our husband, like he's our child. Anything that we value, we should value him more. We should pursue him <laughs> like there's no tomorrow. And there's this beautiful quote I heard. There's no resurrection without death. But I want to add to it, there's no hello without a goodbye. So we have to say goodbye to the things so we can say hello to the things of God. The Israelites had a problem. They couldn't say goodbye to the things of the old. They wanted to stay there in their mindset. Therefore, they couldn't enter into the promised land because they were stuck there in their mindset. They were stuck in idolatry. They were stuck in things of their past. And they happened staying there, I think, 40 years. We don't want to be like that. We should learn from them. That the past is a bag that we can take off. That the past is a jacket you can take off. That the past is a, a pair of shoes you can take off. The past is something you can surrender. Amen? My final point is trust him. In Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 6, it reads, it's a very famous verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and, it will he, and he will make your paths straight. A ploy of the enemy is to trick you by saying that there's no better than this. And another ploy of the enemy is to trick you and to say the future is scary. The future has nothing for you. A very good tactic, I believe, if I was your enemy, is to get you to stay here. Because if you're 35 years old and you still have a mindset of a toddler, you can't fight back. There's certain things we have to let go so we can into the things that God has for us. Amen? And this is why trusting God is so powerful. Because now we mature in Him. Now we lean on to Him. In the scripture, it speaks of submitting to Him. And that is important because knowing your position in God allows the enemy to know his position and that's under your feet. The word of God says you have the power to trample on scorpions and serpents. But if we don't believe that, and if we still operate in our own sinful nature, we can't have that victory. Amen? So there's things in our life that we really have to let go of. Because the things that God has in his hand that's offering us, there's this beautiful picture of um, Jesus kneeling down to this little girl. And she has this little teddy bear. And he has this huge teddy bear behind her, behind him. And this little girl's so scared to give it to him. And he's like, just give it to me, trust me. Just trust me. And she finally gives it to him. And to her surprise, there's a bigger teddy bear. The thing we're holding on to, the thing you think that's really for you, let it go and you'll see what, really, what God really has for you. Because I promise you, by the power of his word and by his promises, what he has for us is way better than what we think he has for us. It's way better for what we have than what we have in our hand. We hold so much value to the things that we have in our hands. And we place doubt on the things that God has in our hands, forgetting that we were always in his hand to begin with. The hand that held me through that situation, the hand that held me through a financial problem, 
that hand that held me through that horrible divorce, that hand that held me through the trauma of the past, is the hand that offers you right now grace, mercy, and healing. That's the hand. Thank you. And when you're scared of the past, remember what the word of God says. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And when the enemy comes, remember that his word says that, hey, you can trample him. That serpent, that snake, you can trample him. That ploy, that thought pattern, you can let go by renewing your mind in my word. Everything we have compared, what, to, compared to what God has for us is practically nothing. And if God is offering us everything and I only have to give him everything and I have nothing, that's a bonus. We should stop being so scared of letting go because what we're holding on to really hurts. What God offers us, though it may look scary, it's beneficial. Like Elijah, I could imagine him being in that situation, saying goodbye, kissing his father and his mother, and saying goodbye, how scared he must have felt. But he trusted God. He trusted the fact that this is the man of God and God is calling me. So no matter how it looks like, I am a child of God and my father says go and I will go. I pray that we all have that heart posture. That when God tells us to let it go, we let it go. Because it's way more beneficial than we believe. I bet you there's times in your lives when you're on the edge of something that might not work out and last minute it works out. I bet you there was a conversation in your head and you spoke to God and you said, Lord, I trust you. And God came through. The importance of trusting God is the importance of realizing that your future is at stake. Because if you're too anxious and you want to stay back here and God has that for you, it's not worth it. What is worth it is stepping forward and taking your steps as a child of God. Taking your steps as a saint. Amen. And when we feel anxious about the future, because that's where anxiety comes from, we feel anxious because we don't know. It says in the word of God that lean not on your own understanding, but trust him with all your heart. And that's when anxiety just flows and goes away. Because you remember the God that you trust in now is the same God that delivered you then. The same God that brought you to the situation when you're on your knees and you're boiling out and you're saying, Lord, how am I going to get through this? You're here now, aren't you? We're here with you. Amen? And when you're in pain, when your heart is hurting, remember by the stripes that's on Jesus' back, we are healed. But by what he went through, we don't have to go through. So that's what God offers us. And when you feel alone, because sometimes the future that God has for you doesn't include the friends you have now, doesn't include the relationship you have now, doesn't include the house, the car, whatever you have right now. And that can sometimes feel lonely. But again, remember that I will never leave you nor forsake you. There's power in letting everything go into God's hands.
There's power in surrendering all that you are so he can be all that he is in your life. There's strength in letting the thing that you've been holding on to your whole life, your whole teenage life, your whole adult life. And it's as simple as saying to God, my father, I'm tired. You said I should surrender. And his hand is always open to receive what burdens us. Because he loves us. He loves us enough to send his son to die for us on a cross. A cross that we deserve. The cross of Calvary. That's one of the most beautiful parts of the past that we can hang on to. Just that. The fact that my Lord, my King, my Lord Jesus died for me. He died for the future I have with him. He died giving me a power to let go of the past that also threatens me every day. We face many anxieties, many troubles, many hurts every day. No one's denouncing that. No one's saying that, ah, just move on. The term let it go and what I'm preaching about is not to say that it doesn't matter. It does hurt and it is real. But our Father in heaven is real too. The power that he has is real too. The healing that he offers you tonight, in this moment, is real. It's way more powerful than any anxiety. And the giants we face, we don't have to take down. Imagine you, David, taking down this humongous monster. Yes, you're the one that shoots a slingshot. Yes, you're the one that went and, and found the rock, but it was him that empowered you to do that. There's so much strength in trusting God. There's so much strength in pursuing him. There's so much strength in not turning back. Because what God has for us is so beautiful. I'm a testimony of that. What God has for us is way better than now. And that's where hope comes from. Not anxiety. Hope in the future. Hope in him. Times are tough right now. But my God is mighty to save. Our God is mighty to save. Amen. Can we just stand? Let's just have this one activity I would like us to do before we end. If you can just close your eyes and that thing you would love to let go of, just pretend it's in your hand. Just pretend for five seconds. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads and just hold that thing out. When I say amen, you just let that thing go. Cool? Lord Jesus, our healer, our savior, and our high priest, we thank you for the healing that you offer from the past. We thank you, Father God, the chains that hold us back are no longer there. Lord, we declare in the mighty name of Jesus that your spirit, Father God, will loosen us from the bondages of the past. By the grace, Father God, and the power that you have bestowed upon us as your children, Father God, we break those chains. We break those mindsets. We break those old habits and we break those ways. We break that, that, those relationships, Heavenly Father, and we triumph over them with your power and your glory in mind. We raise what we have in our hand, Father God, and we give it to you. You're the only one that can take it. You're the only one that can fix it, Heavenly Father. We depend on you. 
I pray that our hearts, Father God, are eager to hear your your voice. Lord, we pray that our hearts, Father God, are eager to receive you and to obey you. Father God, what's in our hands, we declare, is no more. In Jesus' most powerful name, amen. Amen, my beautiful people. There we go.